Welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with this guy. I'm this guy. My name is Brent. I have been an English teacher in the United States for over 20 years. And the goal of this podcast is to help you improve your English. Before we get started, if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, would you mind leaving a like or a comment? It really helps other people find the podcast. Thank you so much, and I hope you learn a lot from this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply going on everyone hope you're doing well welcome to this live stream maybe you're watching live probably not but you could be watching on replay or you could be listening to the podcast so if you check the description of this video or of this podcast you will see a link to something called quizlet and there I have a list of 14 words and their definitions because these 14 words are what my students in my classroom in the United States are studying right now, these 14 words. So I had to put together a lesson for them and I thought, you know what, maybe people listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube channel. They might, you know, this might be helpful for them. So let's get right into it. I am going to share the screen and you'll see that link to, to Quizlet. And the, and the first word is monasteries. And if you're watching, you can see that there's actually a picture for each one. Although on my screen, that picture is kind of hard to see, but Monastery is pretty much a building where religious communities live. A monastery. You might have something similar in your language. And I have a, a sentence right there for you in the red, right at the bottom. We might call the people living in monasteries monks or nuns. Monks or nuns turn that turn that music down just just a little bit yeah you might have monasteries in your country but if you do people living there they have probably devoted their life to whatever religion they believe in so i know monks in english monks are most likely buddhists most likely. And if you hear none in English, they're probably going to be Christian, probably going to be Catholic, which is a type of Christianity. Hey, Yulia's here. Say hello to a couple people in the chat. 
Atisha, hope you're doing well. And Luke from Poland. Jeez, there are people here watching live. I didn't know if that would happen. Welcome. Hopefully you're ready to learn some pretty difficult English. If you're just joining, I mentioned that this English is the same English my native students are studying. Yeah, native English speakers, most of them are around 14 years of age. So some of these are pretty tough, but I thought, you know what? There's some people out there that might be helped by this. The next one is yields. Maybe not so easy to say yields starts with a Y. Now in the United States, we have a sign on the road and it's a yield sign. That means if two people come to the same part of the road at the same time, the person who has the yield, they need to wait. They need to wait. But this yield is different. Can you see that at the top of the screen? This yield means the crops that are produced after a growing season. The crops that are produced after a growing season. And at the bottom of the screen, if you're watching, I have a sentence for you. The farmer wasn't happy with the yields his farm produced. So who knows what he's growing? Maybe corn, maybe wheat. But for some reason, the yields weren't that great. Whatever he got after growing for an entire season, it was it was pretty bad. So crops weren't great. He wasn't getting a great yield from his farm. Probably pretty sad. Maybe pretty hungry too, if you don't have a lot of good yields. This next one is kind of strange, but... We're studying um, a genocide that happened in Cambodia in the 1970s. So this word that we're going to cover in just a minute, probably only used with communism, probably. So let's uh, make this a little bigger so you can see it. This word is collectivize, collectivize. So if you see at the beginning of that word, it has collect, that might help you, like bringing things together. Somebody might collect stamps, so they try to get a lot of stamps. It's kind of the same thing here, but uh, with a communist country, mostly. So if something is collectivized, it's brought under central government control collectivized in this country maybe your country too actually the male well that's not true because we have like dhl and ups um it's not collectivized because there are other companies but in i got a sentence for you that might help communist governments usually love to collectivize the farming of a country. It's one of the first things. If I hope this doesn't happen to you, but if your country, if your government in your country ever decides to become communist, I don't know. I don't 
think there's anybody here living in a communist nation. But if the farming is collectivized, what it means is you can't own a farm yourself. The government takes the land and then you work for the government or like a big company comes in that's run by the government and they run the farm. So we don't have to get too political, but you can look in the history books and see which countries that were communist basically took away people's farms. That's collectivized. And that happened in Cambodia right before the genocide. Let's take a look at some comments. Anytime you have a question, just ask it right in the chat. That's the beautiful thing about these live lessons. Wait a second. What? Collectivized? I don't get it. What do you mean? You can, you can ask it right in the chat. Would like to say hello to Arone. Hopefully I'm, hopefully I've nailed that pronunciation. And then of course, Amina. Amina is here. We're on the same time zone. So for Amina and me, it was uh, 3.38. It is right now. And I, I received a call. I think it was a spam call. Hmm. Yeah, so it's 3.38 for us. The afternoon. I taught school. I'm a little tired. I have to record my lesson for my students for tomorrow. So I'm kind of practicing here. I record lessons for them every day though. So no big deal. Plus it was a, a chance to see all of you all collectivize. That's why this is advanced English. I don't think you'll see collectivized very many places when you're reading English. Hey, Danny's here, France. I know it's pretty late for you. Welcome, Danny. All right, what's the next one? We have 14, 14 words for you. Collective, oh, vilify. Now the pictures might help, hopefully for these, but vilify, you will hear that. And it's basically to say bad things about somebody. Yeah, you vilify them. This will happen to celebrities, you know, talking badly about each other. On that picture, I do have gossip. So saying bad things about somebody is gossip. So they might feel vilified if somebody says bad things about them. Where's my sentence for you? Looking forward here. All oh, right here. This poor lady. She felt vilified after her boss yelled at her. That's never fun to get yelled at by your boss. I hope you don't have a boss that yells at you. We would say in English, that is very unprofessional. Unprofessional. If someone is professional, they probably come to work dressed nicely. I guess it depends on the job, but they take their job seriously. If somebody is unprofessional, they might yell a lot. They might drink alcohol or do drugs on the job. I would think that would be pretty unprofessional. Yelling at a coworker, yelling at someone who works for you, that'd be unprofessional too, I think. I would think so. I don't know, but feel free in the comments. Do you like it 
when people yell at work. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm, I'm the only one that doesn't like yelling at work. I know if I yelled too much at my job, I'd probably get fired. Probably. All right. The next one after um, vilified is sought. Sought. So this is basically like the past tense of seek, meaning to look for, sought. So I got a sentence here for you somewhere. Yes. After a long day at work, which I had today, some of you might be getting ready for bed too. I'm not getting ready for bed, but I'm getting ready to relax, I think. She sought some relief at the spa after a hard day's work. She sought some relief at the spa after a hard day's work. So maybe she went and got a facial. Do we talk about facial yet? I think we have on the other channel. That's when um, you have work done to your face. I don't know. They put cream on it or whatever. Yeah. So some people like going to the spa to relax. If you're a channel member, I do want to give you a shout out and whoops, hang on. And there's a new, there's a new video for members there, but uh, that's the new camera I got. I made a video with it yesterday. I made a lesson with it yesterday too. I have to reshoot it. The audio wasn't really working. I have, I have this. It's called a a media mod for the GoPro and it's supposed to have a better microphone, but it it wasn't, it wasn't working well with my camera yesterday. So I need to reshoot it. Oh yeah. The lesson is going to be about words you think, you know, but you don't, or at least you don't know the whole definition and uh, blissful mummy. I don't think she watches this channel. But she left a comment on one of the videos and she used the word couch, but in a different way. You might know the word couch. Oh yeah, I'm going to sit on the couch. But it also has a different definition we use in English. So I found 10 words that you think might, you might know them, but you don't. Like vet, vet. If I say vet. Just let me know in the chat what you think vet means. It actually has two very different meanings, but vet, V-E-T, what do you think? Vet. Uh Uh-oh. Luke says, to collectivize the simple way to poverty and death. Yeah, because if your government is anything like my government, they seem to mess things up quite a bit. Yeah. So like I was saying, the mail isn't exactly collectivized in the United States. We do have the U.S. mail. So when you buy stamps, you know, the the government runs that. But you can also send mail other ways. So it's not really collectivized. There are some private companies that run it. But yeah. Hey, Cecilia, what's going on? Welcome. And Sita. Sita mentioned earlier she would be here. So if you're just joining, what we are doing is learning 14 words that my own students in the classroom 
native English speakers, it's 14 words that they are learning. They're going to learn them tomorrow. You're learning them tonight. And if you have any questions or comments or answers, leave it in the chat and I will do my best to answer with 10 people. It's a smaller channel. I think I will be able to answer all the questions in the chat if there are any. The next one, we just did what? Vilified? We did, we did sought. So the past tense for seek, looking for something, sought. Hmm. Yesterday, did I go to the store? Hmm. You could, you could also use the phrasal verb sought out. So yesterday I went to the store and sought out some eggs. Maybe I was going through the supermarket looking for some eggs. I was seeking them out. Yesterday, I sought them out. Anyway, the next one. Oh, peasants. You might know this one. Peasants. We don't use it for modern day people, really. But if you're reading something historical, something about history in English, you might see this word. You might come across this word to use a phrasal verb. You might see it when you're reading it, or you might come across it when you're reading it. It's just a, a person who does farm work for wealthy landowners. Hopefully uh, nobody in the chat is a peasant. I doubt it. I don't think peasants have internet, right? I don't think peasants were able to have internet back in the day, long time ago when peasants were, were roaming the earth. I don't think so. Here's the sentence I have for you. The peasants worked the field while the rich family watched. Oh, doesn't sound very nice to me. The peasants worked the field while the fam rich family watched. Read that one more time. The peasants worked the field while the rich family watched. Not very nice. Come on, get out there and help, rich family. More people working, make the job a little bit easier. This is another one right here. Puppet government that you probably won't see in everyday English very often, but a puppet government puppet government. If you know what a puppet is, it's a, it has strings and it's controlled by something else. There's a picture there too. I can't exactly tell what the countries are. I think it's the Soviet Union and the United States. Let me make it bigger. Yeah, it's the United States and the Soviet Union. How big can I make that? And you can see that they are controlling something else probably a couple other countries. So the definition for puppet government is a government set up and controlled by outside forces. Yeah. So historically, there were a few kind of famous puppet governments. There was one famous puppet government during World War II in France that basically Germany set up, if you've ever heard of that. In English, I think we call it Vichy France, but puppet government. I don't want to get too political here. I'm thinking of one country that might be a puppet government. 
for another country. But I shouldn't say it. I don't want to get in trouble. And who knows, the U.S.? The U.S. has uh, set up plenty of puppet governments, that's for sure. Yeah, if anybody from Iran is watching, you might know, you might have heard of the Shah, Shah of Iran. Probably a puppet government the United States set up, right? But we won't get too political here. Let's move on. Wait, wait, I I think I got, I got a sentence for you here. Not political at all. The powerful country set up a puppet government in the country that borders it. Like I would like Canada. Amina lives in Canada. Canada has their own government. The United States has not set up a puppet government in Canada. But that would that would if the United States like picked the president of Canada or the prime minister of Canada, that would be a puppet government. So that's not the way it works in Canada. Oh, but the next one we are going to talk about NATO. I hope I don't lose any subscribers. I hope I don't make anybody mad. But in the news today, it was announced that um, Finland and Sweden will probably join NATO. In fact, um, they're heads of state. That's what you could call the people who are in charge of a country. They're heads of state. I think one's a president and one's a prime minister. But the heads of state of Finland and Sweden met with the American president, Joe Biden, today. So we're going to talk about coalition next. Coalition. Where is it? Let me bring this up a little bit. A coalition is a group that comes together for one purpose. You often hear this with military. So if a lot of countries come together and fight against another country, you might call that a coalition. Okay. What, 20, 30 years ago, there was a coalition set up by the United States to fight against Saddam Hussein, a coalition. So NATO, you could call NATO a coalition. Lots of countries coming together for one purpose. All right. Again, we're getting a little political. Don't want to. Chef Ket's here. Chef Ket lives in Turkey. And guess what? Turkey is a NATO country. Um, one of my students today mentioned Turkey. And they said they were the only Eurasian country in NATO, they said, unless unless Georgia joins, but that's not happening anytime soon that I know of. But yeah, he was uh, he mentioned Turkey, and I almost said, "Hey, I know I know some people in Turkey. I know a guy named Shevket in Turkey." Coalition, oh, sometimes called a clique. All right, um, a clique. In the, in, in, at least in the United States, it also has a little bit of a bad connotation. So if somebody, you can use um, clicky as like an adjective. So in my classroom, not this year, but 
in years past, I've had like clicky girls, sometimes boys too, I guess, but we might call it click. Girls are often called clicky and it means that they form clicks and it's group of girls that are friends, but they might leave other girls out. So click does have a bad connotation. I think for the most part, coalition is probably pretty neutral when it comes to connotation. Um, when I say connotation in English, I'm just wondering if everybody knows what that means. Connotation. You can't, you can't go to a dictionary and find the connotation. The connotation is separate from the definition. The connotation is the, what the word has become as people use it. If that makes sense. I hope I'm explaining it well enough, but if, um, if a word has a bad connotation, it just means like there's a little, like a, when somebody says it, they might think something bad. I hope that makes sense. The next one is what? I don't know. Oh, nominal. Nominal. I mean, this is advanced. This is advanced. My uh, my own students are going to probably struggle with this, which is why we are going to go over it a couple days. We, we will study these words for actually a week because they are pretty tough. So nominal, if you ever hear nominal, think very little. It's an adjective to describe things that don't have a lot to them. And this, I would say, probably has a bad connotation. We use this when it has very little in a bad way. She worked really hard for only a nominal amount of money. Oh, it's too bad. And I, I do know some people, some people work really, really hard. They don't make a lot of money. Mm, it's too bad. Gas prices. <laughs> you can't have a nominal amount of money anymore. You need a lot of money to fill your tank. I think that is uh, all around the world, isn't it? Nominal. Chevquette. After U.S., Turkey has the second biggest army in NATO, but I don't believe NATO has the capacity to protect any country. I don't know. I don't know. If, if push came to shove, have you heard that? If push came to shove, I don't know. I think, uh, I think NATO could be pretty powerful. I hope, I hope we, Hey, how about this? I hope we never find out. I hope we never find out. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I just hope we never find out how powerful NATO could be. There was talk. I would love it. There was talk at one time of Russia joining NATO. This was back when um, Putin first got into um, power in Russia. It's like there, there was talk opening up to the West. But that's not going to happen, right? Oh. All right. Next one, nominal. Talked about that, right? Just Just a little bit. A nominal. Nominal amount of something. It's just a little bit. And the next one would be directive. 
directive. Now notice it has direct in front. So think of the word director, director, like that person is in charge of something. If somebody is a director, they're in charge of something. So a directive, it's, it's kind of like that word. Let me blow this up and show you the definition. It's an instruction or order given by someone in authority. And if you look at that picture, it looks like that man lying in bed is sick. So like you could have the nurse, the nurse might have a directive from the doctor to give that man medication directive, a directive. It's a noun. So a directive, it's, um, like a command or suggestion. I have a word. I have a sentence for you. The army was under directives to destroy the city. Okay. So it's a directive is something that you have to do. Somebody in power is telling you to do something. It's a directive. I'm not sure if you've ever heard that word, but that's why it's advanced. We, we might say that directives. I don't think, I mean, your boss could give you a directive, but this is usually the stakes are usually a little higher. So doctors can give directors uh, directives. Um, presidents can give directives. I said doctors, right? Um, people in the military commanders in the military might give directives. Hope that helps. The next one, you've probably heard this word said, but the spelling might look a little funny. It's gorilla. Okay. The next word is gorilla. And when you hear that, you might think animal first. Gorilla, big, hairy animal, kind of looks like a human with a lot of hair, kind of a gorilla. This is spelled differently. And it's a much different, much different definition. Oh, you will hear this in war quite a bit. Guerrilla fighting. Guerrilla. Notice the spelling of that. And it means fighters who carry out hit and run attacks, not part of an organized army. Yeah. So these people are not in the army, or at least they're not in a powerful army because they have to hide behind trees, take shots, run away. It's guerrilla fighting, we might call it. Guerrilla fighting. And here is a sentence for you. Because the country was so small, they used guerrilla warfare to fight the much stronger military. Okay. I think if you look at that picture, that might be the United States there can't make it too big. But the way the United States defeated England to gain our independence was guerrilla warfare. So the British army in like the 1700s, they came over, they were well-trained, but then the colonists, that's what we were called before we were the United States. I mean, I wasn't alive, but the colonists would use guerrilla warfare to fight the British. The Vietnam War, 
That's what we call it in the United States. It's the war that the United States fought against Vietnam in the 1960s and 1970s. Yet the Vietnamese used guerrilla warfare against the United States and they won. So guerrilla warfare can be very effective. Guerrilla. What is, what's Luke saying here? Nominal prices are before the correction after subtract the inflation. Uh, I wish we had nominal prices for gas and food. It's getting expensive here. And I'm sure it's getting expensive where you live. And probably, probably Turkey. I know. Sorry. Turkey's inflation is really high. I know in, in Argentina, inflation is really high. Sorry about that. So I'm complaining about prices, but I know they're worse in other parts of the world. So I can't complain too much, right? Oh yeah, it's getting getting a little political now, huh? Did I open a can of worms? Chef Cat says they want NATO to protect them, but they don't want to fight for NATO. I don't know who I don't know who you're talking about. I I don't I don't even want to guess, but yeah. Oh, politics. That's why I try to stay away from it sometimes. All right. Nominal prices are after the subtraction of inflation. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Luke is, he is an economist. He studies money. He is an economist. I don't know that much about money. Hmm. Maybe Dr. Luke can teach me. I just know I don't have a lot. I know when I go to the gas tank, it hurts. Ah, when I have to fill that, fill that gas tank up, I feel a pain in my stomach as the, as the gas pumps into my tank. All right. Um, we got a couple more. We got a couple more. We got to get to. Let's do this. Amnesty. Is this the last one? No, it's not the last one. We got three more. We have some ads too. Some ads for shoes. Um, the next one is amnesty, amnesty, pardon. I'm not sure if you know what that means in English, but if you do amnesty and a pardon, pretty much the same thing. If you don't know what pardon is, this might help having crimes taken away from a person. So maybe somebody did something bad in one country but it's not illegal in another country, they might go to that country and seek amnesty. That's the verb we use a lot of times with amnesty is you seek amnesty. And I do, I do have a, a sentence here. And another word you might not know. The fugitive sought amnesty in the closest foreign country. Notice how I used one of our other words in that sentence, sought, seek out, looked for, fugitive. Does anybody in the chat know what fugitive means? Fugitive. Hmm. If you know what fugitive is, write it in the chat. I know what it means. I hope I never become a fugitive, but, oh, hey, while I'm thinking of it, do you mind liking the video if you haven't yet? It'll just help other people find the lesson 
Fugitive. That means somebody. Well, I'll wait just in case somebody's typing. Fugitive. All right, let's look at the uh, definition again. Oh, hang on. We got to look at the uh, the picture right there. That is a get out of jail card. Get out of jail free card right there. Comes from the game Monopoly. I'm sure you have that in your country, but uh, it's probably written in a different language. It's a get out of jail free card. So if somebody has that, they would be given amnesty. Amnesty. Oh no, oh no, Chef Kit, what do you think here? The average intelligence level in the world is a little low. Wrong decisions are destroying our future, our children, our world. No, I hope it's not political. I don't think it is. I think um I think it's kind of true, right? The world can we all agree on that right now? Like the world is not in a good place. No matter how you feel about politics. I think most people would look at where the world is now and like, "Mm." I think our leaders are kind of messing up. Like almost all of them are kind of messing up. I mean, if you live in a country right now where the leader is doing good things, I think some, some of it is out of their control, but it's tough. Look at that. Constantine. Welcome, man. Yeah. It is somebody who is running from the law. So an escaped prisoner is perfect. A fugitive is somebody that the police are looking for. Yeah, the police sought the fugitive. I'll use sought again. Let's see, where is that word again? Do we have that sentence? Yeah, the fugitive sought amnesty in the closest foreign country. Sometimes uh, countries will have deals with other countries that if a fugitive goes to that country, they can grab them and bring them back to that country. So sometimes seeking amnesty in the closest country doesn't work. Sometimes it does. Constantine, good to see you, my friend. Hope all is well in Russia, right? Russia, Constantine. I believe so. Yeah. Two more words we have. Let's do it. Oh, disarray. This is a good one. I'm not sure if this is is advanced English because we use this quite a bit. This can be helpful. Disarray. Let's take a look at the definition. Disorder. Confusion. Well, maybe your country is in disarray right now. Financially. Maybe financially your country is in a a bit of disarray. It's a little unorganized, not exactly neat. Get a sentence for you. My room was in disarray after I spent hours looking for my phone. If you look at that picture right there, can I make it bigger? Um, That's a pretty messy room. It's in disarray. There is no organization in that room disarray hope that helps make it a little smaller here so you can see it disarray disorder confusion it's a bit of a mess 
a bit of a mess. And the last one, notorious. That is being famous for something bad. It's famous for being something you don't want to be famous for. Notorious. You might also hear the word infamous. Famous for a bad reason. Notorious and infamous are synonyms. How about this one? And I know Luke. I know Luke doesn't eat a whole lot of McDonald's. I bet Cecilia doesn't either. They're both very healthy. You could say that McDonald's is a notorious restaurant. So famous around the world. Sure, everybody knows it, but the food doesn't exactly taste good. Right? There's a lot of sodium. That's a word from last week's lesson. There's a lot of salt in their food, a lot of fat. It's not healthy, but uh, it's very famous all around the world. Famous for being bad for you. So um, if there is a famous fugitive, like I can't think of any uh, right now off the top of my head. Um, oh, there's a guy that lived in Central America, I believe. His name, El Chapo, right? El Chapo. He was a drug dealer, I think. Very rich, very famous, but he was a drug dealer. So I think he was notorious, famous for a bad reason, right? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Chef Cat. You know, I, I like McDonald's. My, my son and I, if you saw on my Instagram, my son and I went to a baseball game last night and guess what? Before the game, we had McDonald's. It was quick. It was easy. It was cheap. So we were able to go from school to the game quickly. We had McDonald's and we went to the game. It's good. Um, but I, I feel horrible after I eat it. It's like, oh. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I agree. The whole world is in disarray. Yeah. It started off with C19 and then it got worse. Got worse. We, we need... 2023 is that going to be a good year hopefully we need a good year when was our last good year was it 2019 it was before i had it was before i had the youtube channel i think yeah 2020 was rough 20 2021 wasn't great 2022 you know what i think 2020 will go down as a notorious year that was a notorious time in our lives, 2020. Yeah, please don't eat that. It's cheap though. So I spend so much money on gas that I get my McDonald's for cheap. That's like three bucks for McDonald's. So much salt. It's not good. It's not good. Not good. All right. I hope you enjoyed this lesson. I hope you learned a little bit. I hope it wasn't too difficult for you. Do want to thank everybody for stopping by. Thanks for watching the podcast. Thanks for liking all that stuff. And I'll, oh, 
on the other channel, Speak English with this guy, there's going to be a live lesson in 15 hours about parties. Yeah, 12 parties in English. I'll give you a little preview right now. Oh, I can I might be able to give you a preview right now. Let me see here cuz I have my slides all ready to go. Part Look at that. How easy was that? So, this is uh going to be all about parties tomorrow. And let's see. What's my what's my favorite party? Hang on, let's talk about it. I'll get my favorite party up here. One that you might not know. Oh, oh, how about this? Oh, how about this one? This could be my favorite one. Cocktail party. A cocktail party. Yeah, tune in tomorrow and we'll talk about cocktail parties. But cocktail is like a nice way to say drinking. So a cocktail party is is a party what where, where there is drinking. And I know there are some people in here that uh, live in countries where you can't drink. But if you go to a cocktail party, just be aware there probably will be some drinks served. And cocktail is an alcoholic drink. It just sounds a little nicer than like beer. A beer would not be a cocktail. A beer would be a beer. Um, but a cocktail, you might also hear a mixed drink, a mixed drink. So it might have like whiskey or vodka and some other things, yeah, cocktail. But if you go to a cocktail party, I'm pretty sure beer will also be served. So there's a little preview of uh, tomorrow's lesson. So hopefully you can join. Yes. Thank you, Leticia. Thank you for stopping by. Constantine, I appreciate you stopping by. Cecilia, thank you. Chef Ket, of course, Luke, thank you. And if Sita, if you're still here, hope and Amina and Aroni, hope everybody's doing well. Hope you have a great night. I am going to film this lesson for my students. I'm probably gonna, ooh, I could also edit a video. I made a uh, another hotel English lesson. Oh, just because you're here, I'll give you a little more information. Um, I interviewed a, a woman who worked at the hotel. She was originally from Angola and she speaks Portuguese, but she's been working for six years, I think, on her English. And you'll see her English is pretty good. But yeah, she she worked here in the United States for quite a while on her English. Yeah, so a little preview of that. That'll probably come out next week. And I think it's going to be a long one. I think it's like 20 minutes, 21 minutes. But I walk around the hotel and uh, this weekend, I'm actually going to another hotel. My son has a hockey tournament. So I'll be walking around and probably film another lesson at a hotel. So. They seem to do pretty well on the channel. People seem to like them. So what is that? I don't know what that is. Hasta pronto. Mm. Something ready probably because it kind of looks like Italian. Hasta pronto. Is that Portuguese? And um, 
Oh, Yulia. Yulia, I forgot. I'm sorry. Yulia. Have a good night. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Cecilia. She says she likes the hotel lessons. I like filming them. It's fun. One day I'm hoping somebody, because, you know, with the hotel lessons, I pretty much can't stop recording until I get to my room. So I hope somebody will try to stop me and that I can get them on camera. Like, wait, why are you being so mean to me? But it hasn't happened yet. People, when they see the camera, they just like, you know, they don't want to be on camera. So they back off. But one day I'll probably find some mean person. Why are you filming me? Like, I'm not, I didn't want I didn't mean to film you. See, I try not to film people because I don't want to make them. I don't want to, uh, is that maybe later? Does that mean see you later? Ready? I know. Maybe that's maybe that's Spanish. Hasta pronto. That that sounds too Italian. I don't know what a I don't know a hotel lesson. Yes, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha, you, Constantine. All right, I got to record this other lesson for my students for tomorrow. So we're gonna go over all those fourteen words. So basically, you saw me practicing those fourteen words. Now, hopefully, I can teach them really well. The fourteen words. All right, I gotta go. Thank you so much for stopping by and maybe see you tomorrow morning. All right. Adios.